This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined by Christian Cheatham, co-host Christian. We got him on the podcast today because Robert is not with us. He's just, Robert's giving up, Christian. Do you, yeah, do you have a statement on Robert? He's too busy for us. He's too cool. He's going to D.C. He's a big shot now. So, yeah, he's forgot about little old little old Mason and Christian. I know. He's he's a big shot. Uh, but we're still going to have a great episode for everybody. We have Matt Grissom from College Baseball Insiders going to talk some, uh, some bets for the week, conference tournament week. And we'll also have Andrew Hutchinson, good friend of the show from uh, Best of Arkansas Sports, and he is just a complete baseball nerd. So we felt like we needed – to somewhat replace Robert's presence of just being a baseball nerd and who better than Andrew Hutchinson. So that's, that's why we got Hutch coming on the pod. Uh, but before we get to it, let's talk about the uh, myperfectfranchise.net. They are our friends, our partners, and you need to check out myperfectfranchise.net. If you are ready to leave the corporate rat race, if you're looking for a side hustle, if you're wanting to diversify, build wealth, all of that stuff, you need to call Andy Ledecky with MyPerfectFranchise.net. He's a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner, and his services are 100% free. He's just here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. So visit MyPerfectFranchise.net or call 404-973-9901. All right, Christian. Well, we're recording this this episode right now, AM. And Tennessee are in the eighth inning. AM's up three nothing. So I personally I think that that's a better matchup for Arkansas if they face AM. I feel like Tennessee, I mean, they were 12 and 4 since Arkansas swept them. They were playing really good baseball. I think you want to play AM. Yeah, I think so too. I, I didn't want to play Tennessee this uh it would have been the first round of double Elam, though, so it's okay. But and and in the grand scheme of things. Win a couple games, it's not a huge deal. But yeah, the AM matchup's way better. But they're hitting though. They they got some pop in that lineup. So although their records don't show, I, I still think they're a team to worry about, especially in this tournament. So it's so quick. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, and AM's about to stretch out a double here right now as I'm watching. Uh and for AM, the thing with them is they needed the win. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're they I feel like it, of the two teams, AM needed it more because AM is like on the bubble of whether or not they're going to make the tournament at all. Whereas Tennessee's on the bubble of will they be a regional host or not? So, right. Yeah. So, yeah, Tennessee's in, but yeah, they would, what are they, 13 right now? 12, 13? Uh, 13. Yeah. 13. Yeah. 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 So, if they win, if they win a couple games or win the whole thing, then that sets them up nice to host regionals. Yeah. And, uh, definitely supers if they if they win the whole thing but yeah we'll see Vitello was talking a lot earlier I was watching the pregame uh, I would I would love if they get knocked out by AM, but also I would like Arkansas to knock them out too or at least get a win against them because they'll still have one more game even if we beat them yeah I don't know it's it we're gonna get into kind of the stuff that Dave Van Horn talked about and his, his feeling about the tournament um and I, I guess we can get into that right now so sure. um just some housekeeping stuff. Arkansas moved down to number four in the D1 baseball top 25 poll, which is the only one that matters. 
Mm -hmm. uh they did so with it being conference tournament week they're doing uh they put out a field of 64 projection on monday and they normally just do it on wednesdays so uh arkansas was the four seed in that um Mm -hmm. maybe is that right like the four national seed yeah i posted it i can't here we go yeah no they're number number three national seed uh also included in the fayetteville regional indiana oklahoma and maine and that was matched up with the Tuscaloosa Regional. So mm-hmm. you could have a super there of Arkansas, Alabama. That would be interesting. Wow. Yeah, that'd be cool. I like the Oklahoma Matt, uh, scenario. That'd be cool to face them. They, Arkansas, I'm still better because Arkansas would definitely have beaten Oklahoma in the final last year in the College World Series. Yeah. That was so annoying that Ole Miss ended up doing it. And then, yeah, and then now we all, we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, but yeah, Ole Miss and Mississippi State missed the SEC tournament. Um, We'll see what they do next next year. They got to bounce back quick. Yeah. Yeah, no, college baseball is just so weird in, in the fact that, you know, stuff can happen like that just mm-hmm. right away where a program can go from being national champion and not making its conference championship. So they're, uh, still, they're still getting like good recruits and the coaching staff is still pretty much there. It's just weird. Yeah. That's just baseball's a weird sport, man. It's crazy. Yeah, but, I mean, that year in 2021, NC State was was not a team that people were talking about, you know, this national powerhouse. And I mean, think back even as close to last year when Ole Miss fans wanted Mike Bianco fired halfway through the season. It's like baseball <laughs> yeah. can flip just like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of coaches, we want to talk about DVH, coach of the uh, coach of the year. Oh, good thing you said that because I probably would have even forgot to mention that so Dave Van Horn yes coach of the year SEC coach of the year it is his third time winning the award I've got a, an article over at hogbeat.com h-a-w-g-b-e-a-t.com go visit it um I've got some by the number stuff with Dave Van Horn and some of these numbers are crazy dude third or fourth uh yeah this is the third time third time third okay you made me second guess myself I thought I saw a graphic where it was his fourth. Did he not win in 21? He did win in 21. It's now 2004, 2021, and 2023. Okay. I thought there was another year mixed in there, but I guess uh, I guess I saw – I don't know what I saw then. I thought I saw a graphic with four years on it. Oh, well. It, it, I don't know. Sometimes, like, college athletic programs will throw in, like, random awards. and. Oh, um, yeah. It could have been, like, a mix of awards, yeah. Yeah. Like, sometimes – like, I think the football team – called drew sanders a unanimous all-american and he wasn't a unanimous all-american uh, he was first team on some second team on others right but it i mean if you're that razorback athletic department it sounds better to say he was unanimous right <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that's kind of what i'm getting at man i really need tennessee to win this game because i have a story written right now that is a scouting report and i wrote it as if tennessee wins the game and they're losing <laughs> well, another thing to talk about quick, uh, South Carolina beat Georgia uh, yeah, earlier. James Higgs had yeah. a heck of a game, man. Yeah. I, I saw something saying it was South Carolina's first ever uh, time to shut out another program in the SEC tournament. And they and they destroyed them too, 9-0. Yeah. yeah. Just domination. They dropped out of the top 25, didn't they? After yeah, last I saw, week. I saw some yeah. posts throughout the week where it's, you know, people – you know, upset with Kingston, I believe his name is, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, they were number four, I think, in the rankings at one point. And then by the end of the regular season, they had dropped out. 
Yeah, because they lost, I think, four of the last six SEC games. I didn't think that was enough to drop them out of the top 25, but some of the polls that we were that I was looking at, they were like 26. So like they're not that far out, but still dropping out of D1, it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, South Carolina is still a great baseball team, though. I'm not. I think I think there now would be another time to throw in a future on them since they dropped out of the top 25. I wonder yeah. what the odds are probably good. You probably should look at that. I I can look at and see what DraftKings were. I think Bet Saracen takes theirs their odds down. Um sorry, college during when games are being played. They mm. they don't want because I mean like I don't know. DraftKings college baseball futures. Let's see if they have their lines up. Here we go. South Carolina plus eighteen hundred. So that's not that's not that much better than what it was a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Arkansas is at plus nine hundred. Wow. Third, third best odds. Wake Forest and LSU are both tied at plus four fifty. Wow. Okay. Um. So okay, and then so David Horn, Coach of the Year, and then also four uh, Razorbacks received All SEC honors. So you had Hagen Smith, first team All SEC as a starting pitcher. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't really a question of whether or not he would be all SEC. It was whether it would be as a starter or as a reliever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Smith was also all defensive team. Uh, Gagewood, all freshman, all SEC freshman. And uh, Kendall Diggs, second team, all SEC. And then Tavian Josenberger was uh, all defensive team. So, wow. That's awesome. I'd say that the, the only ones that I would – think maybe they had another shot of getting in there was uh I thought Jace Borfin might have a shot. Maybe yeah. And then yeah. I, I I I had a story prep for this and I actually had Brady Slavens on the all defensive team. So I mean Slavens was really good at first base all year. Mm-hmm. I, but mm-hmm. I but I, I don't I don't feel confident in saying he was better than all the other first basemen in the SEC because I didn't watch everybody as closely as Slavens. Sure. Yeah, uh, Morphin, Morphin, that's interesting. Left off those lists. Yeah, I mean, his stats are good. I think I have a stat sheet pulled up here. Hitting 332, slugging 631. Uh, OBP is like 449. You know, 46 RBI leads the team. No, Kendall Diggs actually leads the team with 56. Leads the team with 14 homers, though, 14 doubles. He's been really good. Yeah, yeah. He was a pleasant kind of a surprise not a surprise but we knew he was good but he didn't get a, t- a lot of time to play last year so it was cool that he got the whole year and produced and any 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 recover any uh kind of held the spot of wagner when wagner was out for you know that like three or four weeks yeah for sure um okay tennessee tennessee's losing still three to nothing so let's let's do an ad read here and okay. then we'll come back and we will talk about the winners of this game. You're listening to the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. All right, we now welcome on Andrew Hutchinson of Best of Arkansas Sports. Hutch, I'm going to make you wait to talk, though, because I'm going to do an ad read. It's going to be fun. You are brought to you by Bet Saracen. Bet Saracen is the mobile sports gambling app for the Saracen Casino Resort. You can download it on the App Store and the Google Play Store. They got the double R props on there for the Arkansas players, specific props for all the guys. And you can also just parlay Arkansas LSU, which we always say is a good bet, uh, even though it wasn't great the past two weekends. So 
Go download Bet Saracen today. Thank you to Bet Saracen. They are the mobile sports gambling partner of hogfeet.com, H A W G B E A T.com. All right, Hutch. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. And we're all just kind of like sitting around and waiting because there is surprisingly a weather delay in Hoover. I mean, I'm just surprised it took us, uh, what, 17 innings before they got into a weather delay? Uh, ho- hopefully this is the only one, though. Hopefully they'll be able to get, get going and everything will be on track for the rest of the weekend. That was that was one of the most frustrating things when Robert and I went last year. It was like we never knew when to go to the ballpark because it's like we're going to go, but there's rain in the forecast. So it's like do we drive up there just to get sent back to our hotel because they're not going to play baseball? I saw I saw something about Hoover needs to have a retractable stadium uh, or a retractable roof on the stadium, but I also saw something saying Greg Sankey was there at Globe Life earlier in the year. Maybe they moved the SEC tournament. I've always thought that they should move it around a little bit. I mean, play it at Globe Life, maybe play it in Memphis, you know, at the, the Memphis Redbirds Stadium. I mean, there's places you could play it. I mean, heck, I – it wouldn't surprise me if here in a few years, if, if Nashville gets a major league baseball team, maybe they could play it there. I mean, there, there could be options. You don't always have to play in Hoover. But the Hoover Met is, it's really literally built for this tournament because they've got, they've got the ballpark and then they have the little like community center, which was actually really cool. I enjoyed that part, like right next to the ballpark. And then there's a huge parking lot, but I agree. I feel like Memphis where where that ballpark is located, it would be really cool. I just feel like it is in like the downtownish area where there's so many buildings. Parking would be a nightmare. That's a good point. I've honestly I've never been to the Memphis Stadium, so I you know more about it than I do. Uh, I just know Memphis is a, a great central location. I think it would be great if they played the SEC basketball tournament there. Uh, it's easy for us to get to, so selfishly I'd like it there. So uh, I don't know. I mean. I, I do know that they're never going to play at like a Dickie Stevens Park down in North Little Rock or something crazy like that. But uh, Memphis, Memphis wouldn't be too bad. They probably wouldn't even televise it if they did it at uh, in Little Rock. Yeah, that Hut Hutch and Hutch. One thing that I took from working for Hutch was my hatred of just anything that has to do with TV scheduling. It's you really put that on me, Hutch. It's it's the worst and. and you know, with baseball, we have to deal with flow sports at the end, at the beginning of the year. So that's always fun, you know, but I, I, I guess it's good for, for people like us that have websites because we're going to be watching it and people have to have to read us if they don't want to spend 30 bucks to get flow sports. I, I remember when the basketball team was on the European tour and page views were doing really good when I was just literally updating every basket that happened. And that was hard. Baseball is really easy to do updates, like inning by inning updates. Basketball is like almost impossible. Yeah, basketball, you have to like kind of just kind of sum up what happened in the last you know couple of minutes or whatever. Yeah, that, that, that was tough. But as you said, with the European trip, that did wonders for our side as well. So uh, selfishly, you know, it, it works out, works out for us, but not great for the average fan. Agreed. All right. Let's uh, let's get to the stuff on the field, though, because Arkansas – probably gonna face AM, but I mean you never know what what could happen. But let's do you want would you rather pretend that Arkansas is going to face AM just assume that AM is going to win this game or would you rather just talk specifically about Arkansas right now? I'm gonna let you pick Hutch. <laughs> probably talk about Arkansas. If it was anybody other than Tennessee, then I would say let's go ahead and talk about AM because I think Tennessee with this rain delay happening, 
you know, they're taking out their starter, you know, that Watson guy through, I mean, almost eight perfect innings, gave up a hit. That's it. He's going to be coming out of the game. So it would not surprise me in the slightest to see Tennessee come back. So I, I say we, we stick to stick to Arkansas. All right, Christian, I'm going to let you have the first question. I'm going to give you the honor. So uh, Mason was telling me that uh, Adcock is going to be taking the bump, starting it out. What, do you, what are your feelings on him getting the tournament started? He had a good start against A&M last time around. So what are you, what are you feeling going into tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably the best option because you, you probably don't want to move Hagen Smith up a day for a game that's really meaningless. So you start looking, okay, well, what are your other options? I mean, you're not going to throw Hagen. You're not going to throw Holland. You're not going to throw Tigert. So Adcock is probably your best option. Uh, he's a guy that started some games. He's come out of the bullpen. He didn't pitch you know, too terribly much this past weekend against uh, Vanderbilt. He looks pretty good, if I remember. I mean, his first inning was dominant uh, against the Commodores. So I, I like it and see how long he gives you uh, and kind of get in that bullpen, and, and we'll start seeing who else we – you know, Dave Van Horn wants to, to get on the mound. But, I mean, I think Adcock is probably – whatever Dave – well, we talked to him earlier in the day. He didn't want to name who it was going to be, but I kind of had a feeling it was probably going to be Adcock. It just makes too much sense to me. Yeah, I – so Adcock, he pitched twice, I, I believe, against Vanderbilt because the Friday outing was not great because he followed up Gage Wood, and that was during the implosion in the eighth. But his his outing on Saturday, I remember watching him – I mean, I, I think the TV gun hit like 97 at one point. He he looked like he was throwing with a purpose. And when you get that Adcock, that's the Adcock that DVH was telling us through the fall, like this guy's going to be a difference maker for us. Yeah, and he's he's been up and down this year, although more more recently he's been better than, than not. Uh, that's why I was a little bit surprised the way it went on, on Friday of the Vanderbilt series because it I think he only – Correct me if I'm wrong. I only think he faced a couple of guys. He didn't get any, either one of them out. They came around to score. I, yeah, I think he just faced two batters in that. Yeah, and I think did he catch the loss in that game too? Because I think those were the deciding runs. I want to say that's the case. I, of course, you know, when as you know, I, I think win loss record is totally pointless for pitchers. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he's he's a good pitcher. You know, for the most part. I mean, especially of late. You know, coming out of the bullpen uh, as a guy that that can give you multiple innings, you know, a guy that can come out of the bullpen, give you three innings, or he could be a setup guy. Uh, he's, he's a valuable piece and they need him to pitch well, if they're going to you know make a postseason run. He was given the loss, by the way. That's what I thought. Okay. Christian. What's up? Want me to say something now? Uh, I, I, I didn't know if you wanted to go ask Hutch a question or if you want me to keep it going. I got plenty. Uh, you can keep it going. I'll, I got one, but I'll wait for a, a little bit longer. Okay, so I feel like the second biggest thing that we need to talk about here is John Bolton. Um, we were talking about it. I At first, I wanted to label him as questionable, but you told me doubtful was probably the better option. And I, I guess maybe that was just me in my mind thinking that Arkansas is probably going to play baseball on Saturday, but it's not. it might not happen. Exactly. Who knows what Arkansas is going to do? That would require, you know, playing on Saturday would require winning these first two games or winning, you know, two of the next three if they have to play on Friday. Because if you win the first two, you automatically go to Saturday. Um, and maybe maybe he plays. But the way Dave said it, it, it didn't sound like he's, like, super confident. Because you know, it almost re reminded me of, like, well, maybe Jared Wagner can come back for South Carolina. 
And then it ended up, well, no, he didn't play that weekend, but he was ready to go the next weekend. To me, that's what it sounds like is, is maybe he could play, but I don't think they're going to push it, especially considering, you know, by the time they're there on Saturday, they're, they're probably not going to be trying their hardest to win, especially if they've had to play on Friday uh, to, to win and continue on playing. Cause that's, that's a long weekend. Uh, if, if you're Arkansas, you don't want to overextend guys, you know, on the mound. So maybe you just give Bolton the week off or the, the week completely off and let him come back on, on, uh, for the regional. And it's just unfortunate for him to get hurt because, you know, I was talking the other day, like, you know, of course he finally starts playing really well, not just defensively, but actually, you know, doing some damage at the plate. And he gets hurt. That's just kind of the the year Arkansas had, unfortunately. Let's go. Uh, let's talk about Brady Tiger. What um, he's obviously been ramping up his up here, his uh, pitches and innings uh, the last couple of weeks. How do you think he's going to be used during this SEC tournament? I know he'll probably open the second or third game. Um, or do you think they use him as out of the bullpen, like, kind of like how they're probably going to want to use him moving forward? Honestly, I think as well as he's pitched so far, I, I see them keeping him in the starting rotation. Uh, we do know that Adcock is starting on Wednesday and Hagen Smith is starting Thursday. Maybe that third game, if they win one of those first two games, Tiger would make the most sense. If he was on a pitch count this past week where it was 60, he ended up going 62, I could see them maybe going to 70, 75, uh, especially considering like, you know, and then maybe at that point, if he goes – 70 75 assuming he, he does well maybe in the regional he's ready to go be completely turned loose ready to go uh and pitches you know like a like a true starter goes as deep as as he can um that's kind of what i've i've viewed him as ever since they brought him back like as a starter like hey they're just gonna kind of slowly amp him back up um but you know david horn did a couple of weeks ago leave the door open to maybe we use him out of the bullpen but i think that's just david horn being david horn and saying hey we're everything is on the table. We're going to do whatever it takes to win the game in front of us without having to worry about whatever the rest of the week or weekend holds. Um, as far as the rest of the pitching staff goes, I, I want to talk about some of the freshmen that DVH was kind of like, we need to get these guys throwing. So I feel like there's really three, like a, a, a group of three right there where it's Parker Coyle, Ben Bybee and Christian Fouch, where it's like these three freshmen that we've seen, you know, a decent amount of times now and you can tell that each one of them brings a specific different thing, and it, it all can eventually be elite. In my mind, I feel like Christian Fouch is, is has the most potential of the three, um, and he's the guy that DVH has talked about, the, I feel like, the most that they need to get him going. But also, I mean, Ben Bybee, we've seen him. You know, his, his velo has been up at times. He's got some pretty good off-speed stuff. And then, of course, Parker Coyle just seems like Zach Moore's 2.0. Like, is that – you think that's a good assessment? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, to me, the guy that could help them the most this year, if he can get it going again, is Christian Fouch. When he was pitching well, I mean, his first 11 outings of the year, he had an ERA that was, that was really, really good. He was usually good for an inning. Uh, even whenever this, his current downfall started at Georgia, he retired the first four guys he faced. The problem was that they sent him out after already throwing an inning and a third. That's probably his max right now as a true freshman. Um, and it just kind of fell apart in the ninth inning. Everyone remembers that game. And then that was the start of he's now allowed 12 straight batters to reach without recording an out. That's that's not good. And But when he when he is on, I mean, that 
the pitch he throws, I think it's a splitter in that right. What everyone talks about is like the, this super pitch that we were told about in the fall. Uh, if he can get that going, I mean, his velos in the mid nineties, he is a guy that could really be a weapon as a setup guy or come in and, and give you an inning here or there. Uh, I really think that's the guy they need to get going. But the other two guys definitely have the potential. I think Bybee uh, has the potential. I mean, they've, they've started him a couple of times, even in SEC play this year. Maybe he's a guy down the line that's a starter for you, uh, you know, in, in future years. I, I'm not sure that's going to happen, you know, this year in the postseason. And, then, of course, Parker Coyle, I think, you know, Zach, Zach Morris 2.0 is a pretty fair assessment. I mean, left-handed, doesn't have overpowering stuff, but just kind of when he's on, he, he seems to just get outs. And you, you need a guy like that, especially a guy throwing from the left side. And uh, what's your overall view on the SEC tournament for Arkansas? Do what is a, like what is a successful tournament for them? Is it just staying healthy? Is it winning a couple games? Do they have, do they need to win the whole thing? And we know they don't need to win the whole thing, but what do you what do you view as a success for them moving forward, getting ready for regionals and supers? I say play well, but get the heck out of there, maybe as fast as you possibly can. Now, I, I maybe not zero and two, but win a game you know get play play three games I think that's the magic number for Arkansas to to play three games get some guys some work on the mound you know get Tavian Josenberger get Jared Wagner some at bats you know maybe you can get Jace Borfin going again uh some some individual type things but the whole winning or losing I really could care less I mean uh it's it's that is uh very not important for Arkansas because they even if they go 0-2, they're going to be a top eight national seed. You're going to be hosting a regional, and if you win that, hosting a super regional uh, on your way to the College World Series. So really, you don't really need to do anything. You're not going to see Hagen Smith going out there throwing a complete game, you know, on 113 pitches like we saw Hunter Holland do a couple of weekends ago. That's just you're not going to see that. He's going to get out of there after you know five or six innings or whatever pitch count, you know, probably in the 70s, 80s, something like that, reasonable. So you're not going to really push yourself. So that, to me, that that's the ideal situation is play three games and get the heck back to Fayetteville and, and get ready for that regional. I hate that this A&M Tennessee game is not over because I want to ask you specific questions about each team, but I will we'll just go with this. We talked about before we started recording with you, Christian and I, we talked about how I kind of think A&M is the team that you would rather face than Tennessee right now. I, I, but then you think about it from the perspective of A&M's hitting the ball well, and you don't know what Arkansas's pitching is going to look out look like out after Cody Adcock. So of those two teams, which one would you rather face? That's tough because, I mean, honestly, Tennessee's hitting the ball really well too. I mean, they've got a really good offense. Um, obviously, they haven't today, uh, but generally speaking, they do. And uh, A&M is, is hot. You've beaten both of them three times already. You swept both of them at home. So it, it, to me, it's it's really a flip of the coin. Either one, I think, would be would be tough on Arkansas uh, in that first game. I would probably say A and M because I would assume that Tennessee would start Chase Dollander in uh, the first game or against Arkansas. So maybe that would be a little bit more challenging than you know facing. Uh, whoever it is at Texas A&M is starting. But then again, I heard on the interview uh, Jim Sloshnagel gave during the during the game that, you know, all three of their starters have been pitching well of late. I haven't really dove into the numbers, but I, I'll take his word for it. So it, it's it's going to be challenging one, either way, uh, whoever they face. 
All right, Hutch. That's all we got for you right now. We might have you on later on this postseason. We want it to be like packed with guests, uh, just to to make it fun for everybody. And of course, you are. Do you consider yourself the Arkansas baseball reporter? <laughs> I don't know about that. That seems to be uh, that would be really kind of thinking highly of myself. I just try to do a good job. Hopefully, people like what they get. You you got lucky that Robert left because uh, Robert was hot on your tail of like biggest nerd in Arkansas <laughs> baseball sports media. Now that I will gladly take that title, the biggest nerd, one hundred percent. Especially especially now that Robert's gone, because he you you're right, he he would be tough. I mean, Andrew Ellis over Hawk Sports, he's 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 kind of got a little bit of nerd to him as well. So it it's uh, it's a nice little competition we got. Those those guys at Hawk Sports mm, don't like those. Guys. <laughs> Um, one um, of my favorite, one of my favorite things that I've got to do with Hutch was uh, on the way, I think it was the way back from Omaha. We did a fantasy Razorback football draft, and oh, Hutch yeah. and Hutch was awesome. And you know, at at the end of it, we compiled all their stats and what would their fantasy numbers have been. And Hutch destroyed us because he just knows he's just a nerd about football and the Razorbacks. He loves it. <laughs> I forgot about that, but that that is a good good recall there. Yeah, I, luckily I know quite a bit of uh, Arkansas history uh both football basketball baseball it's 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 good that is that you had you know all of that history four moments like that when you can make a spreadsheet for us and we can draft <laughs> former football players that's that's all it's good for uh hudge appreciate your time man and uh, we'll talk to you later yeah no thanks. problem thanks hudge the diamond hogs podcast is the premier razorback baseball podcast all right we now welcome on Matt Grissom of College Baseball Insiders. He's going to be with us throughout the postseason, helping us with some college baseball insight from the the betting perspective. We've talked about our future bets. We talked about our future bet earlier in the year. Matt, we so originally we were going to place a future bet on Florida, I think it was. And then we just and then we just never did it. And then we were like, by the time we were like, okay, we really need to do this, then we decided on South Carolina. And South Carolina was at like plus 2,200 at the time. And so it was great. We were, we felt good. And then we never placed the bet. And now it's just like, what, who, 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 what's a, what's a team that you think we could get at good odds that has a good shot at making it right now? So, I mean, all the odds have shifted for sure. Florida is still probably one of the best teams in the country, if not the best team. Uh, Wake Forest is is really proven to be the team to beat. They're forty five and nine on the season. They've got a stellar pitching rotation with Rhett Louder. You've got Sean Sullivan and Josh Hartle that three day rotation. They're all sub three ERA guys, just making a lot of noise. Uh, outside of that, I mean, Wake Forest is is the best team in the ACC. It might not be saying a lot because the ACC is down this year, but. You've got Wake, Florida, and then uh, this little team called the Arkansas Razorbacks. They just keep having that magic and pulling out wins. And I think them hitting their stride in this time of year, they're a team to look out for, especially since we feel like we've finally gotten their pitching rotation down of what Dave Van Horn's comfortable with, with Hagen Smith back in that Friday night starting role and then seeing Tiger and and Big Mac go out there, and then Hunter Holland back in that game three role. So I think that's positive going forward. And then another team that I threw a little bit of money on, you have the Clemson Tigers under Eric Backich. They are playing very hot right now. They've won 
12 straight games, probably going to be 13 today uh, when, when they start the ACC tournament. So those are the big four that I would say, you know, if you can get all four of them into Omaha, I really like your chances of, of cashing a ticket. But it's just going to be a, a wait and see until those regional seeds get, to, get announced and we see what the matchups are. Yeah, so I like the Clemson pick. Clemson has been a team that I've been thinking about. They're they're getting hot at the right time. Um, let's let's talk about SEC specifically though, because um, you, you talked about Arkansas, you talked about Florida. Uh, some people still like Tennessee, even though they're losing three nothing to A and M, and the game just went into a weather delay. Uh, South yeah. Carolina still uh, an interesting pick. What about Auburn? Auburn's been playing good baseball. Auburn is definitely one to look out for. And I like Auburn and Alabama to win the SEC. This this conference, I mean, obviously being played down in Hoover, they've probably not got a great home field advantage. But there for a while, because of that Alabama betting scandal, you couldn't bet the Crimson Tide. And that just so happened to be one of the times where Alabama really turned it on and started winning a lot of games. But, yeah, this Auburn baseball team with Ike Irish, you know, they've got some guys that can hit. Um Tommy Vale is is a solid pitcher. So any team really in the SEC, and I that's not just having SEC bias. I think any team you can get at a long shot is worth a little pizza money to throw on just just to see. I mean, because if they get to Omaha, you you've seen it. Crazy things happen. You saw Ole Miss last year. It, it there there's nothing else like it in sports. So with with college baseball betting in general, it's kind. It feels like it's kind of like a, a new a new thing, and it, it hasn't been around a lot. Not a lot of people are educated on it. it. I and I feel like even though it's the same sport, college baseball and major league baseball betting is really different. And so, what what is it about college baseball? Because it's you don't really get anything other than like a a, a run line and a money line, right? Yeah. So, I mean, basically it's like betting anything that's in a small market, you know, you look at soccer matches or women's tennis or whatever it may may be. It's all a race to, to the information you can get. And if you can beat the odds makers who have basically the same amount of information accessible to them that we do, we feel like we can make the number and say, all right, this team should be this much of a favorite and then you see the lines trickle out and you can find your discrepancies and say, now this team, the wrong team's favored. Uh, we like this team. This, this should be a minus 200 team. Now they're minus 165, you know, whatever. But you just find your marks where you can take advantage of the market and and pull the trigger, bet it, and see what happens. What's like a, what's like a long shot team that you – wouldn't mind throwing some of that pizza money down on like a coastal Connecticut or any of those so, teams, even you considering any of those teams ever, or is there any? Yeah. So I've got, I've got two futures out right now on mid majors with coastal Carolina and Campbell Campbell's yeah. kind of cooled off a little bit, but set, but coastal Carolina, man, they can swing the bats with the best of them. And when you get a team like that, that's not afraid of, of taking on a power five school, they could do some damage. I mean, they won the national championship, what, six or seven years ago. So uh, they, they've definitely got the talent level. They've, you know, they've got just as much of the East Coast bias as far as like the athletes and stuff with Wake and Clemson and everybody else. I mean, Coastal Carolina doesn't really feel like a mid-major anymore, but 
but they are. Uh, last time I checked, their number was around uh, 60 to 1. I think it's probably gone down some. But then, like I said earlier, Auburn. Auburn may be worth, you know, throwing a little bit of pizza money, 10, 20 bucks on them because at the end of the day, I feel like an SEC team is going to win it all. It's just going to be who gets hot at the right time. A, a fun, a fun mid major that I that comes to my mind is Grand Canyon because of my boy Zach Gregory. I I know that they they had the big win over Tennessee really early in the season, but I, I think that they're kind of like middle of the pack. Have you paid much attention to them? No, I I believe they just won their conference though. They they had hit a little lull in the middle of their schedule and then came back and ended up closing out, finishing on top. But yeah, I was out in Scottsdale and actually caught uh, Arizona or was going to go to the Arizona State Grand Canyon game just to cheer on Zach Gregory. And then it got rained out two nights in a row. So we ended up leaving town. But uh, yeah, it would have been fun. Grand Canyon's been a fun team to watch. Yeah, they that team played Arkansas last year. And that was interesting that they played in the regional and then they went to uh, Zach Gregory went to Grand Canyon. Um, okay, I want to I want to end with this. Talk to us about college baseball insiders because I've tuned into to some of y'all's episodes a couple times just to try to you know get an idea of what maybe I should be betting in college baseball because I really enjoy college baseball betting. So just let let everybody know what it's all about. So it was started by a guy named Quentin Mills. He's a Florida Gators fan, unfortunately, but he lives up in Virginia, and we we were racking our brains about like where you could find college baseball content and. You've got like Ben and Dimitri at 11.7. You've got what Kendall's got going on with D1. But there was nobody that really covered both aspects of the sports betting side with the statistics and analytics side. So we just created this platform where we can do that and we share it with everyone. It's absolutely free. You can follow us on NCAA Insiders on Twitter and collegebaseballinsiders.com. So it's just something that we're going to continue on. We've we've done nothing but grow. We had a really good season. I think I finished uh, picking about 57% and Quentin was around 60%. So we just, we continue to try to get an advantage on these lines and, and hammer out some winners for people. All right. Well, I'm very, very excited about this partnership that we're going to have throughout the postseason because last year I did all right in the postseason. I did have, uh, what some have called the the biggest upset pick of the postseason when I took Notre Dame over Tennessee. So maybe we can get something nice. like that going this year. Yeah, I think regionals are going to be fun. There's there's a lot more parity than I think people realize, especially when you're talking about number five through 16. However, that shakes out. I, I think you're going to get some two and three seeds upset and move on. All right, Matt Grissom of College Baseball Insiders going to be with us all postseason long. Thanks for your time, man. Thank you all. Thanks for having me. This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. All right, big thanks to Matt Grissom and Andrew Hutchinson. Enjoyed our conversations with them. Unfortunately, we're still recording right now, and we have we we have lives outside of this podcast, so we have stuff we have to do, and we can't record later. So let's just assume that Texas A&M won, and so Arkansas is going to play Texas A&M. It's a little choose-your-own-adventure podcast. Either way, the game is going to be the second game on Wednesday uh, against Arkansas, which will be approximately 30 minutes after the first game, which is LSU, South Carolina, at 9.30 a.m. Central Time. So that's what your schedule looks like. 
Let's get to bold predictions. Christian, do you have a bold prediction? Yeah, I got a bold prediction from the bats. And we need the hogs need this to happen. I I believe, not necessarily for this tournament, but moving forward beyond this with regional and supers. I want to see Jared Wagner. If they play, we were talking to Hutchinson and they said he was saying that they should play at least three games. So we're going to assume they play at least three games. I wanted to see Jared Wagner hit three bombs over this tournament. A little Chad Spanberger. <laughs> that would be good. That I think that that could be good for Jared Wagner. Tavian Josenberger, another guy who came back from injury who really needs to get going again. Um, I'm going to say Harold Cole has two home runs, just in general. I would love that. That I, I'm thinking in my head, we gave John Bolton love. And, you know, shout out to John Bolton. He was playing really good. I wrote a story about him on hogbeat.com. Go check it out. Playing great baseball. I feel like, and we've talked about this on this podcast, when you're a guy who's in the lineup and there's no question of whether or not you, your name's going to be on that lineup card when you go to the ballpark, I feel like it's a different mindset. You play with a little bit more confidence, knowing that, you know, if you make a mis- every mistake that you made, you might get pulled from the game. He knows that he's going to play nine innings. And so I think that might help his confidence. I'm going to take Harold Cole to hit two home runs. Oh, I love that. That'd be cool. That'd be good for him. And we mentioned it earlier with John Bolton. I think the best thing for him would be to just sit this whole tournament out, just rest up, get healthy, you know, if I think regardless of how Harold Cole does, John Bolton will be back in the starting lineup after this. Um, and then it'll just be game by game, you know, seeing how they go through the regionals and supers. Yeah. No, I I think it I think it's John Bolton's starting shortstop spot. I think mm-hmm. the only way Harold Cole could like come in and take it is if he like doesn't have any errors. He only doesn't get a hit in like three of his at bats. Like it would have to be something crazy. So mm-hmm. Uh, Robert has submitted an official prediction, but it's not a bold prediction. I guess he just forgot how this podcast works. He hasn't been on it for like two days, and he's just already forgetting how it works. He said, my official prediction is 2-0 through double elimination play, then lose when it gets when it goes back to single elimination. So Arkansas would go 2-1. and one. Um, That would go along with what Hutch was saying. I yeah I think in our friend of the friend of the program Corey Stewart who is Stu Hog, uh mm. the the YouTube account that posts Arkansas baseball highlights he did a cool little video where he was like putting statistics of teams team SEC teams that made the NCAA tournament since 2017. That's the that's teams that have played in the last five SEC tournaments and made the NCAA tournament. The best scenario, if you want to make the College World Series, is to only play three games in the SEC tournament. So you would either go one and two, or two and one. Um, so there are three options. You go. You don't win a game in Hoover. You play three games exactly, and you finish one and two or two and one, or you play four or more games. Those are the three options. Of those three options, the team that makes the College World Series the most times is the team that plays three games. Fifteen teams since 2017 have played exactly three games and made the NCAA tournament. And they made and of those 15 teams, eight made the College World Series. 
and that is more than either the teams who went winless or played four or more games. That 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 was way more confusing. It's it makes so much more sense if you just look at the story that I posted on hogbeat.com. <laughs> but yeah. did you kind of get it, Christian? Yeah, yeah. So it's just if they have three games, then they get in the turn they get in the World Series and, and get to Omaha. And it's not like this is a, a fully proven thing. It's just a trend that has happened. Like it's not like you play three games, you actually have a better shot. It's just since 2017, the teams that have only played three games in Hoover have just made the College World Series more. That's just how it's gone. Yeah, and I, and I believe it's just probably because when you play four more games, you, you're stretching that bullpen thin. You're getting putting a lot of innings on those starters that are standing in the outfield, you know. So it's just a little wear and tear, but it's pro- it's kind of just a fluke thing. I don't think it really means too much, but that is that is an interesting stat from Stu Hogg. Yeah, I, I think – and we've kind of hit it in this episode. The biggest thing for Arkansas this week at the SEC tournament, stay healthy, play good. Like, even if you lose, if you play good, you you still have a good mindset and stay healthy. Like, stay healthy needs to be in there twice because you need to <laughs> stay healthy. This team can – I mean, like, they're at the point now where, like, injuries to John Bolton hurts. Like, it really oh, – yeah. and, and John Bolton was playing good baseball, so that's why it hurts. But at the same time, it's like they are thin, man. Another yeah. pitcher injury would be awful. Yeah, it's like they're they're already thin, and then they're just getting Wagner back. They just got Josenberger back. Tiger's starting to ramp up a little more, so it's like they're getting their guys back. But everyone's kind of like, all right, we got to stay healthy, guys. Like, don't you know? Don't don't like you don't need to push it too hard for this tournament, in my opinion. It would be cool. Obviously, you want to win every game you play, and you and an SEC tournament championship would be great, but. Yeah, like you're saying, stay healthy, stay healthy, play good. <laughs> that's yeah. the that's the best. And I mean, you you're only gonna get so many performances like what you've been getting out of Peyton Holt, you know, like oh. and 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 think back to Dylan Carter. I mean, Dylan Carter had to really step up when Cody Frank and Brady Tiger both went down. It's like yeah. how how many times can you have an injury and a guy steps up to that level? It's just that's that's difficult to have. And I think Davian Horn even mentioned it talking about uh, ben McLaughlin and Peyton Holt, two JUCO guys that they brought in, that they went and got like the specific mold of like a physical, strong JUCO guy who has experience, and they brought those guys in. And now you think about those two guys, Peyton Holt and Ben McLaughlin, they've played significant innings. And Dave Van Horn said they wouldn't have won the SEC if it wasn't for them. So you got to credit this staff for their ability to recruit and to build the depth that this team has had as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Peyton Holt has been unbelievable. And it's kind of a bummer that not really a bummer, I guess, that they lost two out of three to Vandy because he, he had a weekend, but yeah, I mean, I think Arkansas fans and media know that, you know, he's, he's one of the, one of the best pickups they had this off season. All right, let's wrap it up. So this is our SEC tournament preview. We'll have a recap. We're not going to do game by game like we did last year because Robert and I were actually there. And also, I feel like that, like last year, the SEC tournament really meant something for Arkansas game by game. Yeah. If Arkansas was fighting to host a regional, now it's like it really does not mean anything. So, aside yeah, from what we all just talked about and playing good, staying healthy, staying healthy. And you got to get some guys some live innings, live at bats, stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. And who knows how these weather delays are going to go this week. So 
it would be a lot to do game by game. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Don't forget myperfectfranchise.net. Bet Saracen, our wonderful sponsors. Uh, College Baseball Insiders, go check it out. Matt Grissom, he's going to be with us throughout the postseason. And visit hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com for all of the information on Arkansas baseball and Arkansas athletics in general that you need to know. Tell your friends about the Diamond Hawks podcast. We're going to be with you throughout the postseason. Talk to you after the SEC tournament. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DRStew32.